Latoya. What what was her name? It's Latoya. Ha 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 ha. Yo, each and every time I do it, it makes me chuckle. I wonder who out there it makes chuckle. <laughs> Anywho, it probably makes no one chuckle. Who cares? Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Analog Girl Podcast. This is your podcast for your 30-somethings and your 40-somethings, and we're on a quest. We're on a quest, y'all, to get our analog lives in this digital-driven world. I'm so happy that you have decided to listen to this podcast because you can be anywhere else, and you have decided to listen to your girl, and I'm so happy. If this is your first time, when you're done with this episode and only when you're done, you should kick back and go listen to some other episodes. I'm always talking about mental health, anxiety, depression, PTSD. Um, I'm always trying to give resources to everybody who's listening who also struggles with mental health. That is my goal. My goal is for all of us to recover one day at a time. If this is not your first time and you are back, I am so grateful to y'all. I'm grateful to all the messages that I messages that I get, all the DMs, all the all the emails, any 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 words of encouragement that you guys give me, I am super super happy about them. They make me feel great and I love it and I love y'all. So, you know, I always in the beginning of the episodes, I like to beg y'all. Now listen, when you're done with this, uh, listening to these episodes or listen to other episodes, I really need y'all to get out there and show your girls some love because this actually puts uh, puts my name out in the streets and it gives me a little podcast street credibility. You understand? So when you're done listening to this episode, if you can, uh, wherever you're listening, if it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Spotify, I'm on TuneIn too as well. If you uh, could rate, subscribe, leave a comment, that would be great. I'd really appreciate it. I mean, it don't cost y'all nothing. It don't cost you nothing but a little, a little bit of time. That's it. You know what I mean? And if you really feel like you've enjoyed these conversations that I'm having here with you guys, um, just leave your girl a comment. It would be really, really nice, right? And also, um, please go to uh, my website. Ain't ain't really nothing going on over there. I've been really slacking on updating the things on the website. But what I want you to do is when you go to the website is theanaloggirl.com, sign up for the email list there because that will put you into in the know of everything that I have coming out in the very, very near future. Okay. So if you get on the, if you get on the analog girl mailing list, you will not miss a beat. And that's all. That's all it is. It's not, I don't, I'm not trying to harass y'all. I ain't trying to spam y'all. Just sign up for the email address and I'll always keep you in the know of what is going on with analoggirl.com and analog girl podcast. Okay. So let's get into the check-in guys. All right, guys, anxiety check-in. I hope your anxiety levels are low to non-existent. And if they aren't, let's do a quick breathing. Let's do some quick breathing real quick. In through the nose. Hold it for a second. Breathe out through the mouth. One more time. In through the nose. Hold it. You can stretch your neck while you're holding your breath. And then let go. All that tension out through the mouth. When I say stretch your neck, like when I'm breathing in, I usually move my head from side to side and stretch my neck as I'm holding my breath and then push out the breath. 
um, out on the exhale, pushing out all the tension. It kind of just loosens things up for me. So one more time in through the nose and hold it and do some stretching right there. And then exhale. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Your girl needed that. Um, uh, I don't know why it could be because of my, my, my cycle is just about getting done here, but, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a bit emotional today. I don't know. You could probably tell I'm a little down. I don't know. I'm feeling a little blah, blase, blase, blase. That's how I'm feeling today. Um, but overall, I think that my anxiety, um, uh, this week hasn't been so bad. You guys do know that when I do have my cycle, um, I tend to go in and out of a, uh, a, the, the personal the personalization sometimes because I'm in that last bit of recovery um, that we talked about on the episode with Sean O'Connor. Like you know, it's you get down to that last twenty percent of recovery, um, and um, things sometimes you have relapses, a little like small relapses. So I will say today, there were moments today uh, that I felt a little disassociated, a little depersonalized, but I really handle this like a real G. I don't get panicked anymore. I just be like, wow, this shit don't feel real or wow. <laughs> um, this feels like a dream or, you know, uh, this is a little off-putting to me. I just say it to myself, uh, you know, but I continue on with what I'm doing. I have a normal conversation. I stay fine. I, I don't panic. Uh, it doesn't panic me anymore like it used to. My stomach, and I don't, I used to get, my stomach used to get tied up in knots whenever I um, sensed it. And I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I just, I just roll with the punches, y'all. And I think that is what, is that's how you recover. It with uh, depersonalization is this you just roll with the punches and you don't let it scare you because it really ain't shit. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't nothing. It's really harmless and it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you. So that's what ha- that's what I gotta keep telling myself. And I, I don't even have to keep telling myself that anymore. I know that. I know like I know like I know that. Um so it's just that when it comes on, I'm like, hmm, strange feelings again, moving right along, moving right along. Um, so that has been, um, my experience this week with anxiety. Um, I, I, I've started, uh, working again, praise God, insert, insert some applause. I, I gotta find some, I gotta p- find an applause track, insert applause here. Like, um, I started working this week, um, and I have so many, I have other opportunities coming up that are so exciting. So, you know, like, I just feel like this summer is going to be great. Like I'm going to get a lot of good news and, um, I just can't wait to share all the good news with you guys. So, uh, things are moving along and, and, and moving along pretty good. So that has actually helped to take away a lot of my anxiety and stress about, um, my career, um, and what's happening. So yeah, that's been pretty much it, um, for me. So that, I got a good, re- that was kind of a good report for y'all. Um, and you know, I told you this is, this is a mother's day edition. So I'm all over the place. One, because I'm recording late Two, because I mean, it's in little girl and I own it and I could do whatever. 
And I hope that y'all will just follow along. So during anxiety check-in, I guess I I think I should just start answering questions that I get during anxiety check-in on anxiety check-in and not and not doing it separately. I'm gonna try that. So today I'm gonna try to add it. I'm gonna add it with you. I'm gonna add it into anxiety check-in. Um, so I have a question uh from a young woman who slid in my DMs. Um and I said that I was going to read it over uh, the podcast and share my response with you guys because I do get this question a whole heaping lot. So I hope this will be able to help you guys. So the message goes, hi, I've been listening to your podcast and I just have to say thank you for speaking out on some very important topics. I am currently stuck in a state of derealization and I'm just about eight months in. My biggest issues are my vision feeling off and distorted and feeling like my head is a bubble? Just so disconnected. Is this something you experienced? What can you say has helped you with what can you say has helped you the most with recovery? I listened to the I listened to your episode about EFT tapping and I've incorporated incorporated that into my self-care practice as well. Okay, so first question is um uh, did, have I experienced the vision um, being off in a distorting feeling? Oh my God, hell yes. So here's the thing. When the depersonalization really first started for me, I remember um, I started to feel like my vision was closing in on me at one point. And I remember being like, wow. And at that point, I didn't I didn't put two and two together that depersonalization was happening. I was just saying like, damn, I feel like I'm in a dream. Like I kept telling my mom, I was like, maybe I need to take my iron pills. Um, I think my iron is low. <laughs> like I was just kept thinking that. So I, but now in hindsight, when I'm thinking about it, I remember um, it felt like my vision was closing in on me, right? So, um, and it was like, like a dimming. It was almost like a dimming kind of feeling I was getting um, from my in my eyes. And then when like I really, when I started to realize what was happening, and that this shit felt uncomfortable as fuck, and I had no clue like when I was going to come out of it. And started panicking. I think the panicking raised the anxiety even higher, and so in that and and that brought on the blurry uh, vision because I can clearly remember um, waiting for the bus one day, and I got twenty twenty vision. Really, like I don't. Well, I wouldn't say twenty twenty. I got glasses, but it ain't bad. Like you know, what I'm saying like I need them for like the laptop or to, you know, catch little small words on television, something like that. My vision is is pretty good. You know, I don't need glasses hardcore like that. So I would be at the bus stop and like only a block away, normally I could read a sign. And I would see the sign and the sign would be completely blurry. And then that would scare the shit out of me because I'm like, I never, my vision was never blurry like this. Like, this is crazy. So yes, blurry vision and feeling and distorted vision is definitely a symptom. Um, what I will also say is the distortion and the blurry vision will cause you to feel like you might even have vertigo. Cause I remember like I would be, I felt like I was walking in a straight line. I mean, I was walking in a straight line, but it felt like I was like walking diagonally. Like I was on a lean y'all. I felt like I was on a lean. So what all of that is, is 
Um, it's just, it's your anxiety. It's your body on super, super, super high alert, like super high alert. You're constantly being scared. Your heart is constantly racing. You're constantly nervous. You have no idea what's going on. So it's just your brain and your body on super high alert. That is all it is. It's completely harmless. Um, and what you need to do is, um, find ways to bring that anxiety down. So, um, you said, what can I, what was your question? Okay. What can you say has helped you the most with recovery? So with me, what helped me the most, what helped me the most honestly was the DP manual that I read, um, by Sean O'Connor. Um, that helped me because not just the tools and the things that he taught in there, what helped me was that the way he was explaining his experience was exactly what I was going through. So that made me be like, okay, I'm not tripping. This is somebody halfway across the fucking world who is going through the same thing. And then I also read the recovery stories that he had on his um, website. So that's what really, really, that I believe is what really helped me the most. Um, Aside from me listening to his relaxations, his relaxations, um, meditation and his pep talk is what I would listen to on repeat. And that is, um, I think those are very, very important. Um, those are very important things to do when you're in the recovery process because it gets into your subconscious mind. So the, I, in my opinion, when we're, when, when you're in the height of depersonalization and you're, 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 everything is just so sensitive. I think your subconscious can be penetrated easier. Um, than it can, than it is when there's no depersonalization, in my opinion. So I think that you can fall asleep to this every night and start to see a difference because in your subconscious, you're starting to tell your subconscious is starting to tell yourself all the things that the pep talk says, which is I am healthy. I'm recovering 100%. This is completely harmless. I need to lower my anxiety. Like it's all that kind of stuff in those, um, and those pep talks and those meditations. And those, those are the things that really, really helped me the most. Um, I would say aside from that, like I've said before, um, I did a lot of, I started exercising. I was taking mass supplements. Um, I changed my diet. So your girl did get snatched. I'm going to tell you though, true story. Once I started to recover and I started to get back to normal, a bitch went right back to drinking and eating. And now I need to get back in the gym. Um, but those are the things that I had to do at that point in time. I stopped drinking and I can't stress this enough. Stop drinking. Don't drink. The, the alcohol will make it worse no matter what. Even if it don't make it worse in that moment, when you, the next day, if, the hangover is ridiculous. And now what I find is even if I have one drink, I feel like shit the next day. I never can have like one or two drinks now and not feel uh, the depersonalization or DP feeling the next day. Never. It's the weirdest thing. So I think from 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 me, I had to hold back on, on the alcohol and I don't really drink like that anymore. So um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, guys, don't forget, if you have questions about depersonalization, lowering your anxiety, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Slide in my DMs. My Instagram is the.analoggirl. My Twitter is the underscore analog girl. And you can find me on Facebook at Analog Girl Podcast. Or you can go to my website 
and uh, that's theanaloggirl.com. And the email is info at analoggirlpodcast.com. It's Tales from the Anxiety Zone. And today I'm doing a Mother's Day special. And I just thought that it would be great to sit down and talk with the one, the only, my ride or die chick, uh, Lugenia Newton, the other, also known as Jean Newton, also known as my mama, also known as don't ever call her out of her name because I will knock you out. Okay. Jean and I sit down and we talk about our relationship, um, how she feels about my mental health struggles, um, if she's had any mental health struggles. And it's just a nice candid conversation between a mother and daughter that I think um, you guys would enjoy and also learn some things too, because I feel like my mom is a real G, man. And um, she's very spiritual and um, she does, she drops, so she she's always dropping knowledge and I'm always open to hearing what uh, my mom thinks and I'm very inspired by her. So maybe you guys will get inspired too. Um, also, she gives some great words of encouragement to those out there who um, Mother's Day might be a bittersweet thing for you or it might just be a downright sad thing because your mom is not around. Um, my mom still grieves uh, my grandmother who passed away maybe about three years ago. And um, so she does give some words of encouragement for that too as well. So... Uh, I ain't gonna hold y'all up no longer. Let's just get into it. Toya D, who was living a life of complete and utter trash, y'all, spending money frivolously on clothes, food, and bottles of wine that could be finished in one setting alone, ghosting Sally Mae and never paying a bill, y'all, going back and forth in relationships that were called situationships, a uh, what? Going from one dead-end job to another, struggling with racial and social anxieties in the workplace, nature finally took its course. On March 1st, Toya D woke up in an apparent dream world to which she calls the urban matrix and was left to figure out the true meaning of life and human existence. Join the journey on the quest to live fabulously, shamelessly, bold, and fearless and confident with mental health in the anxiety zone. Okay, so welcome to the anxiety zone, Ma. This is this is the this is the place where we talk about all things mental health, uh, specifically anxiety, because you know that I am no stranger to that. Mm-hmm. This is the Mother's Day edition, guys. Because I so I felt like what better person to have on the show for a Mother's Day edition than my mom, my ride or die, Jean Newton. So say hello to the people, mom. Hello, everyone. Oh, that was a nice one. You might have to speak up a little louder to see if your little your lines go up there. Um, so Ma, we're going to be talking first off, let's just talk about how I think that I'm the favorite of all the kids. Mm-hmm, you do. <laughs> and um, let's just talk about how wonderful I am. Let's tell the listeners why I feel like I'm the favorite of all the kids. <laughs> well, you're the youngest and the baby of the family. Yes. And so you're going to tell how, how many kids they don't know. Um, I don't, I don't tell people about siblings and stuff. So What's your what's your kids like? How many kids do you have, Ma? Well, two that I birth, you and your sister Trina. Mm-hmm. I have stepchildren, two stepchildren, Gina and Caleb. And uh, 
two grandsons, mm-hmm. two grandsons by my natural daughters, and then there are grandchildren with Gina. Gina has uh, two children, and she has uh, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So we are we are uh, a blended family, the quintessential blended family. Okay. Um, so we're kind of like the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, Yours, mine, and ours, yeah. Yeah, and you became a mom. Uh, how old were you? Oh, no, with me. I'm talking about with me. What was it? 25, 26? Uh, yeah. Okay. 20, 26, 20, yeah, 27. 27. So my mom was 27 when she had me, So, and she was cute, and the <laughs> pictures... <laughs> and the pictures are cute, um, and I'm going to post one of the pictures of me and you together mm-hmm. from the book, um, from our, that little photo album. So everyone can see how cute she was and how cute I was. I'm going to show you guys the first day we met. Um, I was crying. Um, the day that you had me was one of the, was a, and my, oh my gosh, wait guys. So you're one of those women that never had epidural and right. you did natural birth. Yeah, did Lamaze. So you was gangster. With you, with you, it was Lamaze, yes. So you did Lamaze. Mm-hmm. Do yep. you think Lamaze worked? Or was that is that a myth? No, I, I think it worked. I think it worked. Um, there were techniques that they taught us, like breathing mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Um, it was a partnership, your father and I. He was there every step of the way. He went to all the Lamaze classes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, time of delivery he was there and at the time of your birth he was there Mm -hmm. so no I think uh it was it worked it worked there was no no painkillers no nothing just went natural yeah natural delivery so was it extremely painful Mm -hmm. oh yeah so were you like screaming no no with the Lamaze they teach you breathing techniques and 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 focusing on a on a like a focal point and concentrating on your breathing. So it's a mind-body thing. So when you're focusing on the breathing, it helps to take away the focusing on the pain and you're, you, 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 are, you are in tune with your body. You, you learn about the contractions and things like that. And then you have your partner there, your dad, he was there, he was a coach. Mm-hmm. So there are things that they teach your coach that helps um, with the teamwork, but that the pain is still there and it's still real. Okay. And how many hours were you in labor with me? Gosh, let's see. Um, never counted them. Um, it wasn't a long labor. It wasn't a long labor. Um, I was not. Um, dilated when I went in, so I had to walk the halls. In the hospital, mm-hmm. and um, you were born at nine thirty-two in the morning. But we got there like about about two o'clock that morning, one or two o'clock that morning. Okay, nine thirty-two—that's the numbers I'm gonna play. <laughs> if you want to, if you, I, I'm telling you guys because I have lucky numbers all through. I'm like eleven thirteen. Those are lucky numbers, so play those numbers if that's what you play. Nine thirty-two. Um, okay, so um. A little about me in the anxiety zone, because my mom does not listen to the anxiety zone. 
I, why don't you listen, Mom? It's it's not that I don't listen. I listen to um, the episodes when you first started out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not much of a, a, a techie person in, in terms of Facebook and stuff like that. Okay. So in the Anxiety Zone, we're talking about mental health. And would you agree that there is a connection with, of course, there's a mental a mental health connection with motherhood. Oh, yeah. Um, and so what's been your experience? It could be your experience or other people that you know of, or even mine with, um, the connection with mental health and motherhood. Um, what do you think, what is the, why do you think it's important to maintain your mental health while, and when you're a mom? When you say maintain your mental health, maintain both. like self-care, uh, when you have kids that just be in the streets, you know, like I was in the streets. How did you, you make in the streets? <laughs> <laughs> How did you maintain your mental health? Because I wasn't. I mean, I was. I am the favorite, y'all, <laughs> and I am the baby. But uh, it's all we. It's uh, it's obvious that I was. I had. I got pregnant at fifteen. I had my son at sixteen. Um, there were other things that were going on in my life as a teenager. So how were you able to, um, maintain your mental health, um, through that? Because it's some people's parents give up on them. You didn't. No, no. Um, some people's parents become enraged and abusive. You weren't. No. So what, what was what what was your deciding factor on why you behaved the way you, you were you did with me? It just came natural. You're my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I love you, and um, my and my relationship with God and prayer and and it just never occurred to me to give up on you. Never, mm-hmm. never. You're my daughter. So did you always like just see? Did you think that I would turn out the way I am now? I always knew that um, you're going to be all right. Mm. Um, and I believe that with all my children, mm-hmm. uh, different different personalities, um, different choices, but ultimately through faith in God and prayer that you guys are going to be all right. Right. So do you think that that was how, so basically faith is how you were able to maintain mm-hmm. your mental and health. And still. Still is faith. Yeah, Your there's faith. A, there's a there's a scripture that I love. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, okay. where would I be? So yeah. So you more so because a lot of some listeners do lean more towards you know new thought stuff, mm-hmm. um, more so than anything. And you basically shut me down with Abraham Hicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So guys, yeah. I had talked to you guys about how I listened to Abraham Hicks. Here's the thing. If you are spiritually sound and you believe that Jesus Christ is your savior, then my mom uh, thinks that we should not be, um, Abraham Hicks is not the, the route that we should be going. From what I know of them, there's a channeling there. And especially since, since, um, since the husband passed, if I'm correct, yeah. she says that this is what he would say, and this is what we would say to you, and we come. Mm, mm, uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, no, so we don't do that. No, so no. I don't listen to. I bypass Abraham Hicks now. Now I'm not saying that everybody shouldn't 
shouldn't listen. If that is not how you feel and you feel more comfortable listening to Abraham Hicks, that is your decision. Uh, but me personally, of course, I come from, if you can listen to how, how spiritual my mom is already, I come from that and I believe that. So, uh, yeah, Jean, shut that down. <laughs> my faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. I, I believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God and that, um, that's 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 what I follow. Mm-hmm. That's what I follow. Um, I'm not limited to that in terms of exposure, right? But all the things that I've been exposed to, I just know that Jesus is the answer. Mm-hmm. Outside of maybe some other new thought, uh, law of attraction, and you can find a lot of scripture to back. What they call new thought law of attraction. All that kind of stuff. I could even say that you know, there's a writer in the Bible that says there's nothing new under the sun. So, right. So this whole new thought thing. These are thought, and 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 there's scripture in the Bible that tells us, as a man think it, so, so is he. he. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of that is in the Bible, and Abraham Hicks does quote the Bible a lot, but. You're not channeling dead people. No. Okay. No. So we're just God, not channeling dead people. That's a prohibit. God God prohibits that. God prohibits that in the in the Old Testament. You find that very clearly. Okay. So um onward to my struggle with mental health, which um you were there uh every step of the way with me. Mm-hmm. Um and I talked about us uh, uh how um you had to sleep with, come stay with me for days, mm-hmm. a couple of days, because it was mm-hmm. rough. Mm-hmm. It was rough mm-hmm. um, for those first couple of days that I was experiencing the depersonalization. And then I talked about how you decided, which we never talked about, you decided one day, you were like, I'm going to go home. And because I have to go home. <laughs> like, and you were just like, and you need this. You've been living by yourself. This is what you've been doing. Um, so do you feel like what, what, what was all of that about? What were you thinking at that point? My thoughts were, is that, is that um, sometimes um, in, a, in the relationship, mother, daughter, or even mother, son, you have to know when to enter and when to exit. Mm-hmm. And in my spirit, I just felt it was time to exit. And I knew that you would be all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there for the, for the, for the, for the, uh, for the intenseness of it, but for the healing, not to, not to abandon, mm-hmm. but to give you space in your own place to work through and come to a knowledge of what it is that you're dealing with, but always be there. Right. So does that you, make sense? Yeah, it does. But were you scared? Absolutely not. You weren't the whole time. No. So even when I was looking at you and I was like, ma, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm going no. crazy. I think I got a tumor. No, no scared. Absolutely not. Calm, focus, yeah. right there, a presence, <laughs> uh-huh. a presence, and praying mm-hmm. all the time, praying, and knowing that you were going to be able to work this through with prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew when to move in and when to move out. 
Okay. Does so that, does that, does, is that how you see it or I know, how I do you feel about well, it? Well, I, I felt like, I mean, I didn't think nothing of it then because I was just like, oh, all right, well, I have to, this is what I got to do, you know? And so that's kind of like how I grabbed the whole thing by the horns. Mm-hmm. Cause it was time. It, Cause it was time. And it was just like, I have to get out here. I have to get back to, even if I don't feel normal, I need to be acting like mm-hmm. I'm normal. You know what I mean? Like doing mm-hmm. normal stuff. So that's why it didn't, I wasn't thinking anything of it. But now in hindsight, I remember when you were like, uh, I got to go home. So I had talked about that last week. I think it was when I was saying like, I definitely felt like it was, you had said, yeah, this is enough is enough. It's time to um, start the recovery process and get yourself together. And and never from never from a position of judgmentalism or or abandonment, but knowing when your children have to do it. Yeah. So because I do have a, the, the capacity to be a helicopter and you know it. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Cause any other time yeah, yeah. you're that's you're wisdom. in my in all of my business. Yeah, that's the wisdom of it. That you that that and, and and through again, again, the leading of the Holy Spirit and he tells you what to do and when to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I love you, God loves you more. Mm-hmm. And as much as there are times I think I know what's best for you, he really does. Yeah. Um, okay. So, well, I was going to ask, so once you left, you just stayed in prayer the whole time, all the, time. the whole time, all the time. So those times when I would be calling and crying, 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 you just never felt no kind of way. Like, not that you didn't feel any kind of way, but you were just like, okay, this is just something that she has to work through. Like how it's what? almost like you stayed so calm, like grandma, mm-hmm. um, like you guys have a thing, which I don't think I have. I think that, um, cause you know, let me tell the story. Uh, there was a time there, you know, guys, I think y'all remember when the blue light was in the sky a couple months ago. So, <laughs> so my mom and my grandmother, um, and she rest in peace, um, are very, they're very calm women. Like they don't, it's interesting, mom, because you'll have anxiety about things, but you don't have anxiety about like, like um, sk- things that are happening, like sudden things that are happening. You don't have that anxiety. So I'm, that's where we differ, where my anxiety is not like, you. like our anxieties are complete opposites. Mm-hmm. So when the blue light hit the sky, guys, I'm immediately calling my mom because I thought that it was the second coming of Christ. So I'm like, ma. um it's a blue light in the sky i'm here by myself what are we gonna do i don't know what's going on and jean was like girl i'm in the bed sleep i don't see nothing go to bed and she hung up the phone (laughs) and i i i I sat through a panic attack that night and i had to breathe 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 through that and then um once i saw that it was like uh, Con Ed or whatever, like maybe an hour later, it calmed me down. But I say all that to say is like you are never, um, you never get, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're never, you never panic in those type of situations and like life threatening situations. You don't have that panic attack button. And I have that panic attack button, which you know for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So what is that? Do you think that's faith? Or is this just you? <laughs> I think it's me. I think it's me. And and there are times when when there's a crisis, I tend to get clear. Mm. I tend to get clear in crises. Not that I'm clear all the time, mm-hmm. but when there is a crisis, I tend to get very clear. Um, and I, I think that has something to do with the Lord in my life also. And it's like, I can just see everything. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can see what the situation is. I have the ability to compartmentalize, but in time of crises, things just become clear to me. So how do you teach that to people? <laughs> mm. Mm. How do, That's because, yeah, because I would like to know, and I'm sure listeners would like to know, how does, how do you get to that point? Or do you feel like you were always like that? I think I was always like this. And grandma Honestly, was like that. And I, yeah. Yeah. Grandma was like that. Uh, um, it's interesting. And then this, then talking about, I was just reflecting just um, over this weekend because this has been an, an interesting weekend for clarity. <laughs> and I was thinking about how when I was a little girl, um, there was a place I would go. In Hurleyville, grew up in Hurleyville. Mm-hmm. And there was a place I would go and sit. I must have been about six, seven, eight years. It was a rock under a tree, and I would just go there and sit. And I would hear the birds and I would see the greenery. I was fortunate to grow up in a very country setting and just have all of that green around me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do as a little girl. And I would be very clear. There were things I would just be very clear. So it's kind of, I have that kind of on the inside. That so you sense? were meditating at a young age. And, and not even knowing it. Yeah. Hmm. Not even knowing it. But that's that's what happens. I just, and if I can, if I walk into a room and it's utter chaos, it's like I just have the ability to know, hey, we're going to do this, so we're going to do this, so we're going to get this in order. Mm-hmm. And when it's time to go, it's time to go. Right. Sometimes I stay longer than other people think I should. <laughs> uh, but but the cla- but but in my ability to to see the clarity and synchronize everything, I um I just know when it's time. Mm. Which is I think that's a good trait. I wish I had that. I think I have it sometimes. That's what I was gonna say. You do. You do. I think I have it sometimes. And I think but I think I you know when I don't have it is with the dogs. And the cats. Mm-hmm. That's coming. That can come. You know, I I do and and realizing it's like I laugh now and I laugh with my friends about how and even today I had to step off the sidewalk about two times today because people are out here with loose dogs. And one day you won't. I pray I can't I can't wait for that. So I just think that sometimes I have it and sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um in certain situ in certain crises like like what I've gone through with, uh, not you know, not working and that kind of stuff. I do call you and break down and stuff, but mm-hmm. majority of the time, um, I do just level of clarity. Like, okay, game time. So if this doesn't happen, if this doesn't work, then this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. If I gotta pack up my stuff, then I gotta pack up my stuff. Like you know, like mm-hmm. I do have it in those type of mm-hmm. situations, mm-hmm. which. I wish I had it a lot more when it comes to like life-threatening stuff sometimes mm-hmm. where I can just stay calm mm-hmm. in a situation. Because I do fear that maybe if I'm with Ian or something like that, that I won't be able to be calm in those mm-hmm. kind of situations like how you are. But Ian did have a struggle a little bit with anxiety, and I think I kind of handle it really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. 
but I also started to internalize it and feel guilty because I thought it was my fault. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, um, and to segue into that, do how do you handle feeling? How do you handle, uh, guilt and shame? So what I was reading, uh, the other, what I was reading yesterday, how majority majority of all women who are moms deal with guilt and shame over sometimes, I mean, there are big stories out there, but then there's times where it's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't find my daughter (laughs) in the supermarket. I'm the worst mom. And I have a lot of friends who are young moms and they feel guilty for working or they feel, uh, you know, if they ever go out with their friends one night, they feel guilty because you might feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just this awful mom. So how have you been able to handle your guilt and shame um, that you felt over small things sometimes and big things? Hmm. I think some, um, hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I I don't know that I would always label things guilt and shame. I worked. I worked. Never felt guilty about working. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in there doing it, doing mm-hmm. what you have to do. Um, and shame. Never felt it. I'm I'm trying to. Dude, gosh, you're asking me questions. I guess I would have to delve in, and, and, and <laughs> this would be something else. Are there things I wish that I had done differently? Absolutely. Is there something you could share with us? Um, I uh, was when I think about it, in hindsight, I was busy doing what others thought I should do. Mm. And there were times I was so busy being what I felt other what I felt others thought I should be doing that I think I kind of lost myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if I could have been <clears throat> more present, more I, I, it's it's just hard to say it because with each of the children it was different. Yeah, and the blending of the family was different, and 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 making things happen and making things work. Did I feel like sometimes? None of it was working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there are times when it was all working and being, and I was a young mother. Um, so the growing and the evolving and uh, the church was always a factor. Mm-hmm. And again, that was my grounding. I would go to that. Yeah. Lord help, help Jesus. <laughs> help Say, us Jesus. Yes. And he would, mm-hmm. and he would, uh, he, um, he would always be there for me. So, so guilt, I think, I think guilt, probably if I spend too much time looking backward now, mm-hmm. I could say, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. where was I? Mm-hmm. Why did I allow that to happen? How come I didn't speak up? You know, those types of things I, I think about. So like oh. when did you, you didn't, feel, <laughs> you have to think about it. So did you, you never felt guilt? Or shame, like when I was running away. No, no. I just wanted to know where you were. Mm. Mm. Um, and even with the people in the church. Because no. obviously everybody started telling everybody my business. No, because you're so then so my mommy mode came in and I had to pro- protect. I mm. had to protect and defend. And uh, yeah. And trust the Lord, because if they're talking over there, but you're my daughter here. So what am I? I can't be so focused on what they're saying because I need to yeah. focus on you. 
but don't get it twisted, y'all. Jean will come for y'all. She will put the paws on the people out here in these streets. <laughs> she is not afraid to do that. Um, so what do you think? Do you think it's, um, there's always this term, like, I'm not your friend in the street. I'm not your little friend in the street. Do you think it's important to have a friendship with your children? Because you and I, we get down with the get down. But there's still, like, I know you, my mother, and like, like for instance, I'm usually cussing up a storm on this podcast, and y'all know this, y'all know this, this is, this is a whole, this is a G-rated, this ain't even PG, this is a G-rated conversation, because my mom is also a woman of God, and she's just my mom. So there is a level of respect, but then we're also... Do you think we're friends? Am I like, am I lying? You, <laughs> <laughs> I am not quick to say there was a time when, when with motherhood, it, the wisdom is knowing what season you're in, not mm-hmm. only with motherhood, but life period. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're, when you're uh, in the formative years, no, I was not your friend. No. I was your mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and with daughters, I think it can be different also. And then when you go into the puberty years, you uh, there's a, a matter of understanding what your female children are going through and being able to relate to that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't call that a friend, but you, you're there as a guide. You're there as a mentor. You're there as a voice. You're there as an open door to whatever it is that that you're going through. Mm-hmm. As an adult. We have shared interests. I think that's one of the reasons why you probably say I'm the favorite. You and I, you and I have a, there are things that we just get. Mm-hmm. There are things that, I mean, there's a way where we can look at each other. We can, we yeah. can just get things. Uh, so, so with that, you're my, a friend, we have a friendship. We yeah. Have a real good friend. I'm not like you're, you know. No, you're not a homegirl in the street. <laughs> You're not the homegirls in the street. No, and 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 with all friendships, there's a level of respect. There mm-hmm. are boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a time to move in. There's a time to move out. There's we we laugh together. We cry together. We do all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and you yeah. work my nerves, and I work yeah, yours. And you work my nerves, right? <laughs> and and uh, and that that's the beauty of a, a relationship. Mm-hmm. Again, that moving in and that. Moving Out, but yeah, I, 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 you know, because I travel with you. Yes, and I, we come to the conclusion that we might have to start getting separate rooms now (laughs) when we travel because Jean likes to wake up and leave. No, she likes to have the television on ninety eight on the max level (laughs) in the room. And what happens early in the morning? And then she wakes up in the morning praying at four or five o'clock in the morning. She's whipping back the curtains. You know what I'm saying? She's not even respecting my time. She's not respecting my sleep time at all. So we might have to get separate rooms when we travel now. But other than that. I'm singing. I'm praying yeah, in the morning. She's doing it all. She's coming over. She might even start putting oil on my head in my sleep. It just gets all, it goes all the way there. So <clears throat> separate rooms might be the option for us moving forward. But I enjoy your company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy the laughter. Uh, we've always laughed a lot together. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. And as far as relationships with mothers and daughters, 
it's always, uh, it's been my experience, it's always uh, a changing. It's, it's an alive relationship because even as you know, I took care of your grandmother until mm-hmm. she passed away a couple of years ago. And um, I learned so much uh, from, from her and those last two years of her life that I was there with her all day, every day. And out of all the things I learned from her prior to that, the things that I learned is those last two years are so precious. Mm-hmm. I learned, I, I knew her as a um, a wife. I knew her as a sister. I knew her as a mother. I knew her as a sister in Christ. I just got to get all of her mm-hmm. in those last two years. And she taught me so much. Mm-hmm. So it's an ever, ever, um, it's an ever, um, evolving relationship. So I think that you and I are not even finished in our evolution. No, we're not. We got we got a couple of, we got we got a whole lot of years to go. Yeah, by the grace of God. By the grace of God, we have more. a whole lot to go. Um so segue in right into um grandma. Um as I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who um this Mother's Day is going to be uh well you included. This Mother's Day uh, is is not it's bittersweet, mm-hmm. um, and then there's some people who don't have relationships with their mom, but they are alive. And um, what this is going into your your ministerial counseling role. Um, what are your thoughts for, or what are your ideas around uh, dealing with grief and loss on uh, Mother's Day? How have you gotten through it and how have you counseled people through it? Because you've counseled some people through it too as well. Mm -hmm. Grief and loss, the way you deal with grief, it's personal. That's one of the first things I would say. It's personal. And there's no cookie cutter uh, way to grieve. Um, One of the the most effective things I think is remember the good times. Mm -hmm. And, And even if there was only one good time, remember that and thank God for that. Uh, certainly my experiences are not the experiences of everyone else. And again, as I just said, those last two years just solidified so much for me as a woman, Mm -hmm. uh, as a woman of God, because my mother was a very godly woman and we prayed together and we laughed together and we cried together. And, and even in her dying and her death, we were together. Uh, and just thank God. And that's why it's so important to do all you can while you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- to get back to your question, just thank God for the good, for the good times. Mm-hmm. Remember the good times and share, share with other people. And the it, stories. And, yeah. Share the stories. And if you say, well, we didn't have good times, well, create, create, create memories. Mm-hmm. We have the capacity to create memories, go for walks. Doesn't have to be expensive. Doesn't have to be, uh, it, you know, like that. You can just go for a walk, hold hands, sit down in the quiet and just share stories. Yeah. So um, for for folks out there, men and women, um, who might not have the best relationships with their mom, mm-hmm. um, what's what's your advice for them? I would love is key. Forgiveness is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even if, even if they don't speak to them. Building bridges is key. 
if if they're in a position where they they find that they can't pray, pray, mm-hmm. prayer. 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 Prayer is the answer. I, I I believe it. And you know, I finished the book that I stole from you, The 31 Days of Prayer. Okay, good. And after I finished it, uh, that's when all the job interviews started coming. Praise the, God. The job started Praise coming. Um, and I did the 31 Days of Praise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, too as well. So well, I think your prayer is essential. Everything should, in my opinion, should be bathed in prayer talking to God, listening to God, reading God's word, soaking ourselves in the scriptures and having faith that what he says is true. It doesn't mean it's always going to happen right away, but it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And the change mostly prayer comes where prayer is not about getting other people to change. Prayer is about aligning ourselves with the thoughts and the will of God. Mm-hmm. So it's usually working through us before he's going to change every Lord, change all these people. No, it's usually working through us. Right. All right. Well, that's, that was great advice, mom. You're, um, you've, you've just gotten through, you've just gotten through the anxiety zone. Mother's Day edition. How do you feel? Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. So how, before we go, how do you deal with um, all my craziness? Cause you know, I'm a little out there. And the listeners know that I'm out there. I love you. <laughs> but you know that I'm a little out there. And that's how I love you. I love you. I love, love me. You. I love you. And I I um anticipated this. I don't know how you know what all will be said, but there's one thing I wanted to share and this is this is what I know about you as a little girl, mm-hmm. as a young lady, as a woman as a mother, that these words always ring when I think about you and your journey. And I just want to read it. And others are probably familiar with it. It's a writing by Marianne Williamson. And um, Nelson Mandela is given credit for this, but she's the author of it. And it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not, it is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And this is a favorite reading of mine. And I think that that encapsulates our relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. Freedom to be and let our light shine. Yes. That I, others will see God even in us. I believe that so, because so many people look at us and our relationship 
And some people have even said that they've envied our relationship, which I wish that they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have said that we have one of the best relationships that they've ever seen and that they wish that they had it. So mm-hmm. I'm truly grateful for that on this Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, you might not get a gift now. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you might not get a flower. You might get a flower. Okay, a but flower I'm going to tell special. you <laughs> that I'm truly grateful for you. Um, and I always say, because you know, in 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 what you were reading and how, you know, sometimes I think I'm funny looking and I don't think I'm attractive and. I always uh, talk about how people would tease me and all this stuff. And I always say, but you know what? My mother would always put the battery in my back and tell me I'm gorgeous. I'm beautiful. You're stunning. You're striking even as a little girl. Mm -hmm. And you, and it just caused me to always just keep my head held high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if I felt away on the inside, Mm -hmm. what you taught me has always kept me to keep my head held high, mm-hmm. which I think is what people see when they, when they see me out in the street and they say, Oh, this confidence and stuff. I always credit you with that because, um, yeah, that's what you taught me. So that's mm-hmm. that. And in such, my mother imparted that in me and yes. I impart it to you. So, yeah. <sighs> it's so great to be your daughter. I love you. Dan. <laughs> I love you, Dan. I love you too, mom. Thanks so much for coming to the Anxiety Zone. You are officially an analog girl. We'll get you a t-shirt. And I hope that you can return. Thank you. Thank you. Say bye to the listeners. Bye, listeners. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Aw, so cute, Ma.